Welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm your host, Denise O'Flaherty. Joining me this evening is our Mac Captain, Cueva Marley, and we'll have Adrian O'Sullivan on later on to talk all things Camogie. I think he must be actually watching Love Island, but he's not going to tell us that. <laughs> Cueva, after that narrow defeat to Calvin in your opening championship game, few expected Irma realistically to make the quarterfinals of the championship, but you've done that after recording a win over a highly fancied Cork side on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, nobody would have given us a chance. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of doubters. And, you know, maybe we've been a hesitancy amongst us as a squad too. Like, you know, you have to be honest about mm-hmm. it. Um, but, like, we had tried so, so hard after the Ulster final defeat against Donegal, which was like the rerun of last year, to really put up a display against Calvin. And, you know, we did work really, really hard. And there was lots of positives out of it. But um, it just did didn't work out like and we lost an 11 point lead which was disastrous and I thought this is just going to be so hard to pick everybody up again. I was actually at that game against Calvin and from a neutral point of view it was an excellent game of football you know referee two hard hitting teams but nothing dirty there Um, you scored six goals and you actually lost it it was mad as you said as you said though to try and pick yourselves up after that game what was it like? It was hard, especially, you know, as a captain and you're sitting thinking, you know, what can I do? What can I say? You know, and, you know, you, I've been around a long time, like, so yeah. I've tried a lot of stuff along the way and I've been, I've had the ups and the downs with Arma. But the problem with me was I know, and like a lot of us know, the potential is there, yeah. but how do you unlock it and what's the problem? And everybody kept asking me, you know, what is it? What is it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> if I knew what it was, I'd fix it, you know? So I just, look, we talked to management for a while and I said, look, we need to go back to having a bit of fun. You know, I think we need to relax things and go to have a wee bit of fun because we're a wee bit too tense and pent mm. up, you know. And So we did, like, you know, we played a bit of rounders at training and then we played a bit of football tennis and we did our hard stuff as well, Like, but we tried to have a bit of crack again, you know. I think that kind of helped, you know, and, you know, we were laughing with each other and, you know, kind of took a wee bit of seriousness out of it a wee bit. I was going to say that, take the seriousness out of it. Were you glad in some ways that you had the bit of a break, that you can kind of just maybe relax a little bit or would you have preferred to kind of, you know, bounce back and have the game the week after? No, I think the break mm. was good, you know, because mentally you're dealing with stuff first. You're trying to get your head right, mm. you know, and, you know, then you're getting back to training and, you know, you have to go back to the hard stuff, you know. So, no, I think we needed that time, really did. That probably stood us. I spoke to Lorraine after the game in Templeport and, you know, she spoke about you as a team you know, there was no individuals there that, you know, you lost the game as a team and you were going to try and get over that loss and hopefully bounce back against Cork as a team. And that's exactly what you've done. Yeah, we did. Like, we had to rally. We really, really did. Like, um, you know, there's different ones that train in there. You know, maybe you're not having a good day Mm. and someone else would pick someone else up. And there is that real good thing, but in the squad and... With a good mix, I know I've said this quite a bit, but of youth and old now, you know, and sometimes you need the likes of, like, Blahine is great, I mm. always say she's my wee water fairy, you know, she's great, she always comes over to you when you just, you've done, you know, maybe six or seven bag out runs and you're ready to fall over and, you know, Blahine just comes and whispers in you, come on Kiwi, you're doing great, come on, keep it going, you know, we've, we've, that's what's so hard, you know, Denise, mm. because things, you know, when you think things are so good in the squad, but you're just not getting the results, yeah. it's really, really frustrating and it can go one or two ways, you know, and like, 
it's it's relief for what happened on Saturday because you know us in the squad knew that that performance was always there, but you know we really needed it. If you'd have lost the Cavan game in a different way, you know, if Cavan were leading, so, you know, for so long in the game mm. and, you know, you didn't. But the fact that you were ahead for so long, then you yeah. kind of nailed it back when Cavan uh, came back into the game and unfortunately uh, they got the point at the end. I think that if you'd have lost in a different way, you mightn't have got the response you got against Cork. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, like things that we had worked on, which mm. I think was key, is that we didn't want one bad thing in a game to precede another. Yes. You know, our kickouts were a wee bit of an issue. Like, you know, anyone would say that. You know, and it just kept, you know, once we lost one kickout, it seemed to be we lose another yeah. and we lose another. And that's where we needed to bring the relaxation back into it. Do you know what? Like, you know, don't be afraid. If something goes wrong, you know, all of us as a squad need to step up and say, look, you know, that's one thing. You know, let's, you know, forget about it and go on and we can turn it into a good and that's what we tried to do against Cork, and I think it worked. And I think the fact that we have now been able to do it, you know, anything could happen now going forward. Exactly. You mentioned the defeat to Donegal in the Ulster final this year. You also had the disappointment of losing the Division 2 semi-final to Kerry. Are those games, you know, and what you learned from those games, you know, the positives and the negatives, is this something that kind of has helped you along in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, because, you know, you're turning around in the changing rooms and you're saying, you know, we have faced it all. Yeah. You know, we have done everything that can be done here, you know. So, you know, if we want to make this a positive thing, we can because we faced all of the negatives. So all we have to do is turn it around once. And I think that's what we were able to do on Saturday. You know, we were able to have faith in each other and have faith in the job that we were going out to do. And we really went at it on Saturday. You know, whereas times where we have felt, you know, that wee niggling thing like, oh, my God, you know, this could Mm. turn negative again. And we let it happen. Whereas on Saturday, we didn't let it creep in. You mentioned about being been around, I will call you experienced, you know, and you've seen the days when Armagh struggled and you had to go back down to intermediate. I remember you playing against Longford and you were just outstanding that day in the semi-final in Burr. But, you know, those experiences, have they made you stronger as a captain and as a player? Definitely, yeah. Like, I've been about since, you know from like this is my 19th season so like I, when I started with Arma you know we were in the dollar at that stage <laughs> yeah that's right uh, things were bad you know mm. so like I am lucky I seen it when it was bad I was there when it was good then we took a wee step back again you know and now we're trying you know we're rebuilding it again that's good um, so yeah for me personally and there's other ones that have you know experienced that too mm. like you know the likes of Caroline and with me have moved yeah. back this year she's been around too um, you know made a few that left last year who have had that experience but it's you know the, the thing that's difficult about it like you know after we had had those defeats you know I kind of we had a little bit of a you know, chat with the girls mm. and all now I'm trying to instill in them I want them to experience what I have had you know like I'm so lucky I've had it all you know mm. I'm not there to get out of it for me anymore I'm there to try and let them experience what I have it's hard to say it in words to people to make yeah. them understand. But on Saturday, you know, looking at the young ones, I could say, oh, my God, you do, you get it. You've seen it, you've felt it, you know, and that was that was the most special thing for me that I could say that they had felt it. It was more relief for me personally that they could feel what I have felt for so many years, you know. Also on Saturday, apart from the, the great win over Cork, the Marley sisters four of you it's just a real family affair because everyone obviously knows Amy and Blaheen Mackin what's it like obviously the other girls are kind of like inverted commas sisters but what is it like to actually have your three sisters playing with you look it's brilliant 
Um, you know, it's a total family thing in mm. our house because, like, my dad played for Armagh right, back yeah. in the day. So, um, you know, and like my brother plays a lot of football, and you know, it's just like it's like a religion. So we've always done it. So it's what we always know. But you know, it's like to play with your sisters. You know, I get to see them every Tuesday. I get to see them every Thursday. I get to see them, you know, at the weekends or if you're going away for a weekend away. You know, it's lovely. Whereas, you know, a lot of people don't see their family yeah. so much, but because of football, you know, and if you're having a bad time at training or you're going up the road or you want a reality check as to how you think you're performing, they'll give it to you, you know. <laughs> so it's humbling in a way too, you know, and we have good crack and, you know, it's, it's, it's special. It is special mm. and probably I appreciate it more than all of them because, you know, like I didn't know this year whether I was going to come back after having done my cruise last year and, you know, then the thought of, you know, maybe the four of us could play together, you know, yeah, it kind of spurred us on and it is, it's really, really special. Yeah, it'll be more special when I maybe don't play anymore, you know. I was going to mention that injury, you know, it's the dreaded word for any sports yeah. person when you're told cruciate. What, what was going through your head? Um, well, I had partially tore it a few, a couple of years previous, and the surgeon said to me, "Look, you can rehab it back, you know." And mm. So I thought, "Well, look, I'm in the age now. I'm like well, I was 34 or whatever, and I thought, look, I'll just rehab this back because you know I'm going to quit anyway." Mm. And then, then I done it royally in a club game, and that was it. And all the awful things go through your head, you know. That's it. And mm. we had just been beaten by Donegal in the Ulster final, and. Oh, you know, you didn't want your career to end like that. That was the last game for me, and I just was like, I really don't want this to be my last game in an Armagh jersey. Um, so Catherine, the youngest sister, she's she's a physio, so she said to me, look, Kiva, I'll rehab you back. You can be back on the pitch. We'll not do a time-based rehab. We'll do a test-based rehab. So because I'm really, you know, a sports person is really competitive. Yeah. You don't want someone telling you you're going to be out for 12 months because I couldn't deal with that. So she said to me, right, we will use this Melbourne research and we will add this test based you. So you have to reach certain targets. So being real competitive, I was like, oh yeah, this will do for me. I'll get it down. I'll be back in, you know, five months yeah. if I can kind of thing. And so I did that. And like 10 months to the day in the Ulster final against Donegal was when I'd done after I'd had my operation. So, um, I'd kind of done it at a good time if you can do it at yeah. a good time because I was coming back and rehabbing when all the girls were in the gym. I was doing like the rehab runs when they were doing a pre-season running. Um, so, and like, you know, when I was training, doing my run along the side of the pitch, the girls were always shouting, come on, Kiva, keep it going, you're doing great. And, you know, so that helped me. Yeah. So whereas it was rubbish in one way, it's probably really helped me in another way. I never heard about that test based. Is it something that will come more into the GA? Probably because, you know, because sports people are so competitive, you know, yeah. they don't want to hear it's going to be so many months or whatever. Yeah. But Catherine had done a lot of research on it because she had done her cruciate as well. And me, the other sister, she had done her, she's done both of hers. <laughs> we said to the surgeon, we want you to give us deals on this <laughs> now, which might be get a reduced rate. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that was good as well because like anything I was going through, mm. you know, Neve or Catherine or Sarah was able mm. to say to me, look, I've been, I've done this, you know, you need to do that. Or I'm saying, I've got to feel a wee bit something sore here. And they'd have said, look, it's this, that and the other. So that really helped me. But um, yeah, in terms of that research, I think, you know, it'll really come to the fore because, you know, I liked it because it meant that, you know, mm. when I could beat certain tests or whatever, I could come back. During your time that you were out, you're a mammy. Mm -hmm. The children, I suppose, for you were just a welcome distraction. Yeah, they were, totally. Mm. Because even in games, when we lose games, you know, my two kids come running onto the pitch, mm. you know, and I would be like an adult in depression, you know, and you'd look at them and you'd go, do you know what, I'm really, mm. really lucky. You know, I have experienced everything in football. I've won lots and I have a great family and a great husband mm. and yeah, I'm lucky. Like, 
you mentioned uh, your husband. Does he anything got to do with GA? Because normally people do that. You know, it's kind of marrying into GA. I was really lucky because I started to go out with my husband when I was 18, so I was already totally immersed in football, so he was used to me going to training and yeah. football coming first, so he married, you know, football, and he's, he's from Ballyhagan himself, in our man, he's all into his club, and he would play yeah. football, so his family all know and understand football, I think it would be strange, you know, for someone yeah. maybe that had nothing to do with sport or anything, coming into someone that was so heavily into it. Like I would have said, I lost a lot of friends in school because, you know, they'd have been saying, you go going out on Saturday night or you want to go out this nights. night, you want to go out that night. And they'd have been saying, you know, I have training or I have a match. And they'd have been like, you're weird. Like, there's something wrong with you, you know. But then on the other side of it, having my sisters, you know, and them all doing it too and them all committing meant that, you know, to me, I had people to do it with me. Didn't seem as strange. And you probably made new friends through the football and that's the best thing. And as you said about clubs, you know, whatever it is. Totally. Like, I have made so many friends. Like, you know, you look at, you know, like tomorrow I have to do an interview and, um, you know, Jackie Callan said to me, oh, Bree Stack will be doing it with us. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I can't wait to see her. I haven't seen her in ages. Mm. You know, like, you know, she's living way down in Cork and we yeah. would have swapped jerseys over time. And, you know, playing even on the Ulster squad and you're getting to meet all the other girls. You know, I have got a network of friends that all are of the same mindset as yourself, yes. having played all the sports. And it's something special that you can't get anywhere else, you know. And, like on the stuff that's been going on on social media, like over the last couple of days about us and the four sisters and all, and there's people like Aoife McDonald commenting and, you know, like Neve Kinlan trying to say that I'm not 26 when I totally am, you know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just um, you banter with those girls that yeah. you wouldn't get with other people. That's the great thing about the GA and as you said about the friends from different counties. We had um, Kitty Heron on a while back and she's yeah. just talking about about being a mother and it's great to see now you know it's not a kind of a oh wow she's well, a mammy my career's over yeah or yeah, oh yeah. wow she's a mammy and she's playing football because you know you yeah. used to have a oh she's a woman and she's playing football but you know it's Probably. kind of a natural thing now that you know I'm a mammy and I can still play football oh yeah totally and um, like I always say playing football is like my um, it's like my mental health mm. So, you know, sometimes if I'm going out of the house and you've had a busy day with the kids or you're stressed or whatever, or instead of killing my husband, I go out onto the pitch and I kill somebody else, you know. But it, it is really, really good for your mental health because, you know, if I go out and I'm in bad form or whatever, you go to train and someone says something funny or whatever, and you come back, I come back to the house a totally different person. So, you know, in that respect, being a mother, I think it's a good thing. You know, as well, as well, and for everybody else, you know, that he has things going on in their lives, like being a mummy, like I know people have loads of stuff going on, so, you know, people say to me, like, how do you do it? Loads of people do, you know, they juggle lots of things to make football mm. their life, so, and what you get out of it far outweighs what you don't. Was it something that you said, you know, I want to have children, but I don't want to give up the football? Oh, definitely. Mm. I was never giving up football, like, like, you know, probably shouldn't have, but, you know, definitely shouldn't have, mm. but, um, like, I played when I was pregnant, you know, for the first kind of few months because, well, I knew the minute I had said that I couldn't play or mm. it was something or whatever that I knew right away. Yeah. So, you know, I felt under pressure. I didn't want to let the team down and all that kind of thing. Um, but, um, you know, I knew I was always going back. It was And, like, I love a wee challenge like that. Yeah. So, you know, when I had a baby, I was thinking, oh, people think I'll not come back, but I will. You know, I'll prove them wrong, you know, and then you want to be better or want to be as good as what you were. And, yeah, like, having children should be no reason for people to stop playing, like. And you probably say cruciate or I went through labour twice. Well, it <laughs> which is worse? Which is which is worse? Uh, cruciate. Probably because you Definitely. don't. Yeah, I was going to say that because at the end of the of it all, you don't really know 
how it's how it's going to turn out. You did say that yeah. that having a, a baby isn't the the end of it all. Would you encourage your children? You know the fact that football is so important in in your in your life and in your family life, and I think sport is great for children. But the fact that your sister is playing for Armagh, your dad as well. Would you like to see you know your own children putting on that orange jersey? Well, I have my wee girl Kayla is six now, and at the start, when you know, you know, we're trying to get her into football a couple of years ago and stuff, she didn't really like it. You know, she yeah. was just a bit. And I thought I turned to my husband. And I was like, "What are we going to do? Oh my god!" Because everybody we know would be saying, "Oh, you know, your your daughter will be really good, and she'll be this and that." And I thought, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" So I said to Daddy, "Daddy, what will I do about this?" And he said, "Just leave her. Leave her, leave yes. her be. You know, let her enjoy it and whatever." So I coach her wee under six team oh. in Ballyhagan, and. Um, so, you know, she started to then say to me, Mommy, I want to go to football. You know, will you take me to football? And she's meeting up with her friends and she's loving it now. You know, so all I care about is that she enjoys it, whether she's any good at it or whatever. You know, once you have your own children, it's a different total perspective on it. You know, when I didn't have children, I'd have been saying, oh, I want them to play for Arma mm. and I want this and I want that. But now what you really just want them to be is happy. I don't care what sport she wants to be involved in as long as maybe it's something um, and just happy like I'm making friends and I suppose as long as she doesn't move to Tyrone and start playing for Tyrone or Derry or something <laughs> like that is that it yeah, well, I can't really say that my mother-in-law is from Tyrone so I'll just you know I'll keep oh, that play, uh, play cool play cool <laughs> play cool no? yeah speaking about Tyrone you know huge result for them they are building they are working so so hard they are going to be the team see next year in the Ulster Championship they are going to be really? the team to beat I think yeah definitely the, the, their professionalism, their backroom team, what they're doing, strength and conditioning wise, all the work that they're putting in, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, yeah. Paddy Hunter will be delighted to hear that. <laughs> um, we call him Miss, Miss, Mr. Uh, Tyrone Ladies. When you looked at the groups, and I suppose for yourself as well, it was basically going to be a battle yeah. yourselves and Cavan, and then obviously with Cavan winning, everyone had said, you know, that's it, our man. I, yeah. I have to say now, and um, a radio station was actually talking about who Cavan's potential quarter-finalist opponents were going to be. And I was like... Oh, yeah, sure. Even uh, the nail manager after the match said, you know, we're going to be preparing for Cavan in two weeks. Oh, you should keep all these things. Because I remember years ago, Longford went up to play Monaghan in the qualifiers, the men, and this snotty-nosed journalist in the Irish Times basically wrote them off that it was going to be a train and... Um, it was yeah. like going to be like a training match for a training session for a Monaghan. They were going to do this, going to do that, and uh, ended up long for beat Monaghan. So you know those little things, but something like that spur you on. Yeah, because you know no one wants to be written mm. off. Yeah, um, you know, and it's interesting to see what you know what other people are thinking, mm. and yeah, so like I'm sure that'll be used in a team yeah. talk somewhere or other. And um, yeah, you always like you always hear those wee snippets, and you don't like people playing you down or not giving you respect mm. or whatever. Like you know. But, I remember when Diana Hoare was the manager of the Longford Ladies, very few women were actually um, managers or coaches. A lot of them were kind of, you know, the personnel person or, you know, a selector and that. You yourself, you've um, a duo and both women in charge of the RML Ladies. Um, yeah, well, I'm lucky. I've experienced that back in 05, 06 era when Jackie and Haley and Lorraine were together. Mm. Um, and, like, they were an unbelievable force. And yeah, like it's lovely to see women, especially in this mm. day and age when women's sports come into the fore and, you know, we're getting so much more publicity, rightly so. Um, and, uh, you know, any woman is good enough to do the job. Yes. I'm happy to see that. But what my real, I've always said this, what I really want to see is I would love to see a lady managing a men's team. That's when I would know that we've reached the pinnacle, yes. that we're getting the same respect that we deserve and no reason why it shouldn't happen. But 
Um, yeah, I believe if anybody's good enough to do the job, then that should be it. Like. We did mention uh, about Tyrone, Mayo, Donegal. Um, a lot of people were expecting Donegal to maybe reach the semi-finals. So it just shows you what football is about. Oh yeah, and that, especially ladies football. Mm. You know, like I've had so many people saying to me, you know, the free-flowing game and you just don't know what you're going to get. And yeah. you know, there's, lo- there's, good, there's shocks for the neutrals and yeah. it's brilliant, you know. Um, yeah, it's really, really... Like, see, lady football now, it's such a standard. And, you know, everybody's competing at such a high standard now. You just don't know, you know, what might happen. It's really good, like it is. I'll just keep you intrigued. Yeah, because, um, you know, if you just look down the results from the weekend... The amount of teams that scored goals, and obviously yourselves, you've got a fantastic record with goals. Yeah, it's some, well, it's something that we worked on, kind of trying to um, have a bit more creativity, you know, and creating chances, and you know, not being afraid to go for your goals, and you know, just just having having the confidence to do it. Um, I think in ladies football, you know, there is that bit more creativity and a wee bit more free open play, and you can kind of create goal chances mm. more, you know. You mentioned about the coaching. You're coaching your young girls uh, under six team. Is this the start of uh, maybe a new career for you? Obviously, you've still got a couple of years left in uh, the Armagh jersey. Is it something that you want to go into? Uh, I think when your children are involved, it's something that you have to go <laughs> into. Um, and I think you kind of like I, I always like to give back, you know. So if I'm, you know, I believe you should. Like if you're asked to coach or do any guest appearance, especially to your club as like well. To, yeah, yeah, and I always like to do that. Um, I don't know. Um, so I'm a PE teacher, so I'm coaching all day, mm-hmm. every day, I feel. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will be something that I'll do. Um, and it would be nice to maybe do it with some kind of ex-players, good friends that I've had, and you know, keep that women at the fore kind of thing going on. But yeah, it probably, hopefully, will be something that I would like to do. And please God, when you move in there, that and there will be ladies already in, in the men's game helping out. Because yeah. you look at Maggie Farley with herself, you know, and refereeing in the men's game, yeah. you know, with yeah, yeah, people don't bother nail it, and that is the way it is going to go, which is great, you know. This 2020 campaign, it has brought, especially ladies football, it really has brought it to the fore. Fantastic, and really fantastic to see the likes of the men's Dublin team yeah. taking it on board. Um, I think that's fantastic, and, you know, it's something that we all have in common now, so all the girls, you know, I can see it within schools, everybody's understanding what it's about, and um, it's like a tagline that we all have now, that we can all, you know, latch on to and promote and everybody's really interested in it and um, yeah I think it's great for ladies football What are you like on the sideline now as as a mother you know not as a player as a mother and coach um, I have to be a lot more reserved and my language is a lot better than what it would have been um, when I didn't have children You don't speak um, French or German or no? No <laughs> um, I think I'm a wee bit more mellowed my husband probably disagree with this <laughs> But, um, you know, like when I would have watched, like, say, my sisters playing or whatever, mm. or watching, you know, my school team and all that, I tend to would lo- I would have lost the head. Yeah. So now I think you have to take a step back and kind of, like, look at it a wee bit more. I think that's why I also talk so much as a player on the pitch, because um, I need to keep myself calm, you know, and not get carried away. Yeah, because isn't it, it's so easy to do it, and you're like, especially at matches, to get yourself lost in the game. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, this year, having to stand on the sideline, you know, being injured, you know, through the league... Um, and I was like doing water a lot of the time and all it gave me a total different appreciation you know of things you know um, you, know, you need to try and conjole people along no negatives mm. try and stay positive it's tough like but I think it gave me an appreciation of things a lot more isn't it now nice 
to say that you know you're sitting back relaxing and you've got uh, a few weeks now until an All-Ireland quarterfinal it's the best feeling yeah it really is um, everybody's asked me am I down from slide 9 yet but I said I want to stay up there a wee bit longer um, it's brilliant because sitting back now thinking about it um, anything's possible it really is you know um, whereas like last week we might have been thinking about you know we could be playing a relegation match or whatever the fact that it all came together on Saturday and we put on mm-hmm. the performance that I knew we could and we can replicate then anything is possible isn't it funny though that your results in club matches in Longford, men's club matches and everything about it, a lot of them were using that result to motivate teams, which yeah, is well, just absolutely br- Yeah, it was just brilliant. And even Enda Sheeran, the Longford ladies manager, um, and we should have gotten something against me yesterday, he actually sent yeah. a text message around to the girls and about Armagh and anything is possible. So it's lovely to see that, you know, that you're there and you're getting the praise and you're getting the plaudits that you do deserve. Okay, it is nice. It's nice because when you're working so hard, mm. you know, you you need you do need something back, you know, to try and keep players motivated and keep people going and striving towards the same thing. You know, it's it's the couple of defeats that we have had have been so hard to take. Yeah. You know, you needed something positive to come out of this. The thing about it is, though, are you in, as I'd say, bonus territory? Because you've obviously retained your status for next year as well, you're in in an All Ireland quarter final, which a couple of weeks ago no one would have expected, um, and you can go out in that game. You know, you've nothing to lose. Yeah, it's yeah. It probably would be quite daunting for mm. Mayo to try and set up against that mindset. Yeah, um, because you're going to be going to train. You know, over the next couple of weeks, going to be having you know the time of our lives because yeah. we didn't expect probably to be in this position. So. You know, God only knows what happens when a team's playing with no fear. I was going to say that. You're going to, I was going to say yeah. that. The big thing for yourselves going into that game is you're going to be so relaxed. Yeah, because against Donegal in the Ulster final, I don't care what anybody says, in the back of some of our players' heads probably was, oh my God, Ulster. I don't want to repeat of the year before. Mm. You know, and then going to play Calvin was trying to shake off the defeat of Donegal and then the negatives that happened from that. Whereas now Saturday, you know, I know everybody says you're only as good as your last game, but I keep saying that now because I'm happy with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that is, that's the thing. Like, so before we go to play Mayo, like, you know, we're as good as what we were against Cork. So if we keep doing that, you know, God only knows. I was going to say that the thing about it is go out relaxed, have no fear. You have proven what a good team you are. Well, hopefully that's what, that's mm. the reaction you're kind of looking. So, yeah, um, here's hoping. Looking at the results from the weekend, we'll start off with Group 1 in the All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship Round 3. Armagh 4-9, Cork 3-11. It sounds good, doesn't it? Group 2, oh, yeah. Dublin got the win over Monaghan 3-20 to 4 points. Group 3, Kerry just done it, but enough um, defeating Westmead 1-12 to 1-10. And then, as we said, the Mio result 1-22 to 3-12. Was that a surprise for a lot of you? Well, Mayo are a great team. Like, yeah, see, that's um, it, yeah. You know, like, uh, you look at all them scores there, they're all really tight. You know, bar the Dublin money, you know, yeah. one of things going on there, you know, and like they are rebuilding. And if you look at their, you know, their youth, their minor teams doing well and yeah. things, so, you know, they will come, they'll come good. But all those scores are close. All yeah. the teams are obviously putting in good shifts. You know, everybody's working at the same level. It's real competitive. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, like, I wasn't really surprised as such like but mm. I Donegal are a formidable outfit especially you know yeah. they have been against us and I know how great they are but it's good for us to see that too because you know they are beatable you know yeah. um, 
But get that into your head. It's all about your mindset, though, isn't it? Totally. That Mm. is what changed for us on Saturday, our mindset. And it's a powerful thing. You can have the most talented players in the world, but if their mind's not right, you know, nothing's going to work. You talk about, you know, the game has been so tight and the men are looking at the ladies and the hurling, the way the competitions are ran and how exciting they are with the different grades and teams basically the same as each other. We go to the intermediate in Group 1, down 4-9, Kildare 1-9. That was a bit of a, a surprise there. Sligo 2-12, yeah. Limerick 3-6. In Group 2, Tipperary rested nine players and uh, Wicklow were leading in that game, but uh, Tip done enough. They won 4-17 to 3-12. And then Mead, 19 points. Longford 2-9. Um, then Group 3, Wexford 3-5. Leash won 10. And then in Group 4, Offaly got a, a good win. Offaly 2-13, Leitrim 5-3. Go through the, the junior in Group A, Louth 2-12, London 2-11. So Louth didn't have it That's as brilliant. easy yeah, as yeah, yeah. Yeah, people oh. thought. And then Group B, a good old Ulster clash for Manor, 12 points, Antrim 16 points. And then the quarterfinals of the Senior Championship, which you're looking forward to. It's Cork and Tyrone, Dublin yeah. and Kerry. Yeah. Galway and Waterford and Mayo and Armagh. So, you know, very hard to call. All to play mm. for. It's, what, it's what way these teams set up against each other. You know, really how management decide to play against the teams that they're playing. Um, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. You have the added incentive that you could be playing a semi-final in Crook Park. You know, that's massive for girls too. For players, that is a huge incentive because every child, no matter where they're from or what age they are, you want to play in Crow Park. Yeah, it's the pinnacle. So, I mean, to get to do it, you know, to have that wee carrot mm. just a wee bit closer. You know the way some people think, oh, well, it's Dublin, Cork, or it's whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm never going to reach Crow Park. You know, it's totally possible for so many more teams now. So, yeah, it's a massive incentive. Yeah, and then the intermediate quarterfinals are Sligo, Offaly, Tipperary, Clare, Wexford, Meath, and Roscommon, Kildare. So we're going to look ahead to the games this weekend, Kiva. Senior... Uh, there's one game, Cork and Tyrone. Well, as you say, Tyrone are going to have absolutely nothing to fear, mm. you know, because they're going to be saying, well, I'm out of it, you know, um, and they're they're a good, strong outfit, Tyrone. Like, I knew in the league that they're going to come good. Mm. Um, so, God, I don't know. Unless, you know, Cork will be rattled yeah. by us having beat them, and if Effie really, you know, puts the wind up them, um, like Eamon Ryan did with Cork few, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, he said he took them to the most hardest, hardest training camp they'd ever been on. And, uh, you know. A lot of people predicted Cork to win the All-Ireland this year. So yeah. are they going to have their mental resolve to be able to get back from? Because no fault to Armagh, but it was a disappointing result for Cork because they were actually leading in that game. And then obviously then you took over and then they had to come back, but it, it fell short. You're going to see if Cork really are contenders. This is the yeah, game. Well, yeah. Well, it could be a wounded dog, and it could be disastrous for Tyrone. Or <laughs> you know, if Tyrone get the bounce on them, yeah. you know, really quickly, like they like they did. Um, you know, I don't know. It's I, I really I find it really. I was hard gonna to say that because a few weeks ago we would have said, yeah, Tyrone will give them a game, but Cork will yes. have too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, you see, Cork are always renowned for finishing out the game. Yes. You know, against Dublin in the All-Ireland Final, you know, I was there and I said, oh my God, like, you know, Dublin are going to win this. You know, mm. Cork are not going to have it. And they chipped away and they chipped away and they came back. You know, they usually had that mentality. I I don't know. The intermediate 
Quite Ashley Maloney and Ashley yeah. McCarthy, and they have just some phenomenal players. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, yeah, you know they're senior outfit, like really. Mm. Um, you know, and they'll be building along nicely to just. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe slot in there. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but like you look at the scores there, even in those intermediate and junior groups, they're yeah. real close too. You know, yeah. it's real competitive, and they're racking up really good scores. Like it's not as if you know that the you know the intermediate and the junior are miles all off each other. Yeah. We're not. Like everybody's getting tighter and tighter, which is brilliant. You're looking at the weekend games, and I suppose. Um, Tipperary are favourites to win it but Clare will want to kind of gain revenge for the defeat in the Munster finals they probably learned an awful lot from it Wexford and Meath Wexford beat them already in the Leinster final yeah, yeah. Roscommon and Kildare you know very hard to call it's pretty open, like, and I know Claire. Claire are a real. De- look, we played them in the league. Mm. They are a real hard bunch of girls to get over. Like, they're strong. You know, they play really well as a team. Uh, you know, it's just it's not going to be as easy to call. You know, to say, you know, like, yeah, Tipperary have great, you know, individual players and all, but it'll be the teams that play and work really hard together. Yeah, well, will be the ones that come out on top. Well, they talk about the men's super eights at the weekend, but I think the intermediate super eights are going to be the ones to watch, and then obviously the Cork and Tyrone game. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. It was great no, to talk. It was great yeah. to talk to yourself about uh, football in general. The very best of luck against Mio, and uh, please God, we could be talking to you, uh, looking ahead to an All Ireland semi final or even a final. So best of luck for the rest. I of know, Denise. Thank you. Okay, very much. take Our podcast tonight. You couldn't join us earlier on. Tell the truth. You were watching Love Island. I was indeed, and sure, as sure as night follows day, and the Limerick man after baiting Longford on his own, sure. So there you go. Didn't beat Greg the, ca- the winner. You didn't beat. You didn't beat the cats of the weekend, though. <laughs> we didn't beat the cats of the weekend, no. nor in the sore point. Fresh, no. Uh, I cannot <laughs> believe you watch Love Island or watched uh, it. Look, I was I was codded into watching it this evening. There was a promise of coffee cake, so I came over and she looks. There you go. These are the things you do, you know. Sully, we're now down to the business end of the Camogie Championship. Your highs and lows so far? Yeah, look, it's been one of the more bizarre uh, Camogie Championships, I think it's fair to say. Um, some incredible highs, I think. Like The standard of the games has been excellent, uh, particularly the Waterford tip uh, refixture. That was just an absolutely outstanding game. Both teams went toe-to-toe and went for it and it came out the right side of it. Uh, it was Kilkenny last weekend, uh, putting up a huge score against Limerick, and like you know, it's one thing putting up a huge score against Leeds or Wexford, and but like Limerick are in the quarter final. That score up against one of the top six teams is just a phenomenal performance. Uh, I've been very impressed with Sean Riley as well. Uh, seen her in person a couple of times. Think just probably one of the most natural forwards. Uh, in the game at the moment just great wrists left and right not a bother I think uh, shout out to Liberty Insurance the stream as well uh, Killian Whelan and Valerie Wheeler done a great job on that I think Anne-Marie Guinan was really good with the punditry as well that's a real positive it's almost a shame that it's going to be handed over to RTE you know, because I think the standard is going to drop I think we're going to be in for a bit of I suppose patronising coverage now and isn't she greatism from Marty Morrissey and the lads which is well hopefully it won't be the same as the uh, analysing on the Sunday game yeah look I just hope that like it's a shame I much prefer mm. to see Killian, Valerie and Anne-Marie doing it to be honest and look that's just the way it is but sure, um, people can listen to our podcast and we can talk and yeah, exactly. we'll tell uh, the sure truth. They'll all forget about us now. Maybe they might remember that we've been here all along now, but sure, they'll all be RT, you know. But, 
Um, I think the last the last high for me has been Watford. Um, a lot of people offline have spoken to me about how impressed they were with the guts of the Watford players who stand up to the Camogie Association. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, look, they're going to be the catalyst for change now. Like, um, I suppose like, that's one of the lows for me was the fixture chaos. Um, that was there. Um, and like you had Wexford and, and Offaly playing last Wednesday night uh, in a championship match you've Wexford and Mead playing a, a championship Playoff, yeah. uh, relegation game on Wednesday night in Clane like what what's that about like you know, is it a championship or is it not you know are you just trying to get rid of the games get them played are you going to treat the players with respect you know like half seven in Clane like you get from Wexford to Clane for half seven means definitely at least half that squad are going to have to take time off work Daily travelling manager, it just—it's just not right. It's just a complete shambles. Uh, I think the way Wexford treated the league, they should have been just relegated from both straight away. You can't bring the competitions into disrepute like that. I think they're one of the laws that they really just devalued the competition, and so they got relegated in the league. And I know it sounds bad to say, but I, I think they deserve to be relegated in the championship as well. And see how that game goes Wednesday night, you know. But there are the highs and lows. But look, there has been more highs and lows. I think the standard. Is the thing to focus mm. on. The thing about it is, with that Wexford Mead relegation playoff, I was talking to someone completely neutral, and they were saying, would the Camogie Association prefer to see Wexford staying in the senior championship? Yeah, I'd imagine mm. they would. Um, I think a bit like the Offaly Hurlers, I suppose, the, the clamour was there for them to stay up. Mm. I suppose the, the fear is that if you lose, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to Mead, a traditional county, yeah. That it like the amount of work that goes into getting a county to that level. You know, it would be a shame to lose one. If you go to intermediate, there's no guarantee you'll come back up. You know, um, and that's why it was such a shame to see the Offaly hurlers go to the Christie Ring. Yeah. I've no doubt they'll bounce back up, but it's so hard to develop a county. So like we were in Kildare for a couple of years, and you're trying to develop it, develop it. And they've good minor teams coming and everything, but it's phenomenal work. Like it would take phenomenal work for a county like Kildare to reach the same level as Offaly which is why it's so important in the hurling that Offaly get back up and I suppose in the Camogie that Wexford stay up. Mm. But I don't think they deserve to. I think they've just made a complete yeah. mockery of the whole thing. And obviously, I don't mean that against the players. Like, there's some great players still, you know, and like Chloe Fox played in the Ashburn against, this year, against us this year. She's as good as anything that's out there. And they deserve better. But like, their county board don't deserve to get away with what they've done. Just a complete mismanagement, misadministration um, over the last couple of years. But um, look, there's no guarantee they'll win. Like mm. the have been absolutely motored there the last couple of yeah. weeks. They're very unlucky not to beat Tip. I know Tip kind of had a second team out, but look, Ray and we're unlucky, chances, and we're unlucky you know. against Clare as well. Yeah, they were unlucky against Clare. You know, they could easily have had a few points mm. on the board. Um, but yeah, look, you would imagine Wexford will just have enough in the mm. tank to survive. But I suppose the other side of it is, then, is anyone going to be relegated? Uh, because the form teams in the intermediate championship are the second teams, second rate, yeah. and if if the second teams win, nobody comes up. So it's a bit of a strange one, but um, I think the Wexford players themselves will just want to forget about this year and reset. And hopefully, hopefully their management will stay with them, or they get the proper structures in place and just kind of drive it on. You know, they're better than what they've shown. Mm. But um, yeah, so that's the Wednesday night in Clay. Imagine that the glamour of it. I'm sure they're all looking forward to it. I have to say though, Clane's a nice little little setup. That's the only good thing going for it for that game. A, yeah, it's a cracking setup. Yeah, we played there a few times at Kildare Christie Ring National League. In fairness, though, I hope there's no one from Clane listening. I don't mean it in any bad way. It's actually as good a pitch as you'd see anywhere. But at the same time, for the players of Mead yeah. and Wexford, 
Failing clean on a Wednesday night is is not where you want to be for a senior championship game. You know, it's just not right. Double header on Saturday in the senior championship, two quarterfinal games, both in Semple Stadium. Great to see. Our first one is Limnock, York own county against Tipperary. Yeah. Throwing in that game is at five thirty. You've been talking a lot about Limerick and much potential they have. So this is a, a huge game for them. Yeah, look, it's a really interesting game. Um, I suppose the both teams come into the game with similar records. Um, an interesting one is that Tip have actually played six championship games to Limerick's four. Um, and the same in the other one, Waterford have six played to Galway's four, counting obviously the game that went into the 57th minute, which is like a full championship game in, in essence. Yeah. Um, we saw in the hurling at the weekend the advantage of uh, more games and, yeah. and a, I suppose a string of games. And I'm wondering, will that count for Tipperary? Um, count for Tipperary to give them that little bit of an edge? I suppose if you're going looking back over the history of it, I know from my own experience of being involved in Limerick Tip matches, uh, there's very little between them, and often it's the underdog who wins. I remember in 2014, we were intermediate and we knocked Tip out of the senior championship. 2015, we were flying, we'd hammered Tipperary in the league, and they knocked us out of the Munster championship. And it just seems that anything can happen in these games. The form book kind of goes out the window a little bit. Um, and the funny thing about this game is that both teams will fancy their chances. Like, this is a, a time cost here. Like, uh, there are a lot of people say, oh, it's unfair for Tipperary to play in Simple Stadium and all this. Tip never play in Simple Stadium. You know, okay, they might be used to going there to support Tip hurlers. I'm sure the Limerick hurlers play there as much as anyone else. Mm. All these players, Limerick play there in football and everything. All these players are used to going to Simple Stadium all their lives as supporters and everything like that. I don't think the venue is going to make any difference. What could count a little bit for Tipperary is that they've played three knockout championship matches in the last two seasons. And this is Limerick's first time ever getting to the knockout stages. Uh, Tip played two last year. They beat Waterford at this stage down in Parky Cueve and lost to Cork at Simple Stadium in the semi-final. 2017, they lost to Galway. As I said, it's Limerick's first knockout game in the new format. And will that count against them a little bit? Um, it's hard to know. They're not a side that's short of big game experience. Um, they have some dual players. Uh, Neve Ryan, uh, Roshin Ambrose, Rebecca DeLee all played on the football team that won in Croke Park last September. Uh, as I said, they're the Munster Camogie champions in 2017, Munster Senior champions. A lot of them have all learned minor medals from 2014. Um, a lot of them have Ashburn medals or Connor Cup medals. So look, a lot of that delivery team have delivered on the big stage. Um, but there is a lot of interest around the game, the county, and there's a lot of people talking about it. And look, I hope um, I hope that doesn't get to them, you know. But it's going to be a cracking game, and really, really looking forward to it, you know. The one team that made great strides last year, and it's great to see that they're doing it again this year because it's quite hard, you know, to up yourselves to the same level. Are Waterford? They're taking on Galway. Galway, you tipped at the start of the year. Now you got your tip wrong for the hurling. Uh, Galway, you tipped at the start of the year to um, win the Camogie, but uh, Waterford will want to upset them. Yeah, this is, I suppose, a banana skin for Colin mm. Murray's team. All the logic says Galway. Okay? Yeah. If I money in my pocket, it'd be going on Galway. But there's a couple of little pointers that are just telling me, do not rule Waterford out mm. this game. Again, going back to it, they've played six games in the Championship. Um, they were very unlucky not to finish second in the group you know they'll feel hard done by with the game that was abandoned and obviously it had to be and we've, we've discussed that at Lint in numerous podcasts there's no need to go back over it again they're really motoring well and like they have a serious forward unit 
Um, they've, as I said, they've had six games. Galway have only had four since they lost to Kilkenny in the first round. They've hammered Offaly, hammered Wexford, comfortable enough against Limerick. Mm. They haven't been tested. They've failed in the one test that they've had. Um, but they are the National League champions. They have delivered in the big games this year. And look, the logic does point towards Galway. You know, it, it, it has to. But do not be surprised if Watford are still in this game with 10 minutes to go. And sport is sport. If you're in a game, if you say in poker, if you have a chip in a chair, if you have any chance at all, anything can happen. And it's just, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. You mentioned the, the Galway game, the first one when they lost to Kilkenny mm-hmm. and then the recent results. Do you think, you know, Waterford would have had and would have been in a tougher group that those games could actually stand to them? They almost beat Tipperary. They had them put away in the first game that was abandoned. They comfortably beat Dublin, Meath, Clare, you know, like mm. a sign of a good team is when they're easily dispatching the teams they're expected to beat. You know, I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes you're middle of the road. Yeah. They've struggled to beat the teams that are perceived as below them, but they've been very comfortable in doing that. Um, okay, they lost the tip. They got suckered with four goals, two to start the first half, two to start the second half. It's very hard to, to recover from that 12 points um, in such a short period of time. And they put up a great performance against Cork the last day in terrible conditions. And the one thing that's telling me they have a chance is that the spirit they showed to stand up to the Camogie Association, there's something in that group that is just telling me they're not going to go down without a fight. If they're willing to stand up for their rights and for the rights of every player in the country, they're not going to lie down on Saturday. You can be sure of that. And, like, do you know, I don't want to have them wired as well. Like, like, I mean this in the best way possible. He's a gas man. I talk to him every week. He's, he's a headbanger. Like, <laughs> he's a, oh, a bit like yourself. Yeah, a bit like myself. That's probably why we get on. He'll have them ready to go through the door on Saturday and... Jeez, like, like, oh, for Galway's sake, they're ready for what's coming. It's going to be a serious test, you know? Serious test. We look mm. at the first game, battles. Where do you think this game yeah. could be won or lost? Will you be looking to see what kind of tactics they Absolutely. will employ? Or do you think, like, yeah. Limerick's, Limerick's style is, is very football-like. And mm. um, I suppose Dara, the coach, is very much a hurling man. Declan is more from a football background, a manager. Mm. They have a lot of football players. It seems to be a style that suits them. They drop back, they drop their half-forward line back, much like the Limerick hurlers, and they try and break at pace. They have a lot of pace there. Karen O'Leary, uh, Roisin Ambrose, uh, Sarah Carey likes to break forward from centre-backs. You know, their styles are almost a mix of the Limerick and Wexford hurlers to a certain extent. And they haven't been conceding big scores in games. Now, where they have struggled a little bit is putting scores on the board themselves. Mm. And they can be heavily reliant on uh, Neva Kai. Okay, superb player, but can be a little bit reliant on her. Um, they do have some excellent forwards, and I suppose Declan and Dara are just probably waiting for the day when they all click at the same time. You know, like they have some real good experience. Like Quiva Costello is a class, class player. Uh, when Limerick won the minor alert in 2014, after a replay, she hit two six in both games, four twelve over the two games. Top, top class player. Quiva Lyons has been an Ashburn star for UL, starting starting every game for three years. So they have young Derby Egan there. To say Roshan Ambrose, great pace. Neve McCahey, like they do have it if they click on the same day. And mm. I don't think their forward unit has clicked at all this year. Um, but sometimes sport can be strange on the biggest of stages. It can just happen for you, you know. Um, like they have an excellent goalkeeper, Laura Leach, brilliant puck out, very accurate, the sharp puck out, not afraid to go for it. Marion Quaid, cornerback, she's on our UL panel this year. 
she's been probably the player that has stepped up the most this year and um, has been really really strong as I said Sarah Carey Dee McCahey and then Rebecca Delee who's the ace in the pack really yeah. um, star star performer the other side of it is Tipperary are just littered with top class players it's like every line of their field has just phenomenal players you look at Quiva Burke and goals Karen Kennedy at centre back like Tip's tactic is to try and sit Karen Kennedy on the edge of the D a bit like Dickton Hannon bit like Parik Maher in the hurling um, and just protect that D and she's really really good at it uh, Mary Ryan top class when teams have played a sweeper against them in the past Tip have left Mal Ryan free and she has destroyed teams when player of the week two weeks in a row you go up into the middle of the field Megan Ryan complete athlete powerful player up and down the field very fit not afraid to take a score always good for a goal and then up front again just talent everywhere caught the van best player in the country arguably operating at centre forward the all-star full forward last year just hauled them over the line against Waterford that day phenomenal display Eilish MacDonald has been getting goals every game she's played Orlo Dwyer hopefully be back from injury again a phenomenal athlete mm-hmm. if you're looking at it on paper you would have to say that Tip have enough to do it but as I said the farm book often goes out the, the window in these games the one thing that I think will count against Tipperary and I said it with Tom and Fiona the last day they put out a second team against Mead and it's been three weeks now since they've played a competitive game mm. like, that's a long time I prefer myself I would have put out the full team done the job and taken off your four or five key players 20-25 minutes to go with the job done I think they're going to be coming into this a little bit undercooked and I think that evens it up a little bit um, but I just can't wait for this game I've been a little bit lazy with my articles this week because obviously uh, You're too busy watching uh, Love Island Too busy watching <laughs> Love Island too busy going up to the Harland in Crow Park and I've had an interesting week ourselves in West Mead which we won't talk about but the I've been texting a few uh, management and players and stuff for quotes and things like that and one of the Limerick players came back to me and said yeah I'll give you I'll give you a few quotes give you a few song words and she says I'm so excited about this I can hardly type so there's a real real anticipation in the Limerick camp and like they're complete underdogs on paper you know realistically in bookies and everything and I tell you one thing Dee there's nothing better than a Limerick team heading to Turles with no expectation that's what we've built our whole uh, ethos on mm-hmm. over the years our psyche is built on being the underdog heading down the road to Turles this is going to be a phenomenal game but that said I just think the Tipperary have too much firepower and I'm going to go a tip to win by two or three in an absolute battle. I think that's what's going to happen. I was going to say, what does uh, Psychic Sully predict? Listen, yeah. we spoke to Cueva uh, Marley, the Armagh captain, earlier on. No one predicted them to, to be Cork at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So anything, as you said, is possible in football and hurling and camogie. Or as um, Joss Prey would say, camogie. Listen, moving on to Galway and Waterford, the same thing, the key battles and the tactics on the sideline. Yeah, look, second season in a row for Waterford getting to the quarterfinal. They lost the tip last year. I suppose you could forget sometimes it's only Waterford's fourth season. They won the intermediate in 2015 um, with a very young Beth Carton leading the way. Um, Galway are obviously a far more seasoned team you know, they're in the knockout stages every year. This will be their third year in a row going through the going through the quarter final. Um in the previous two years they've hammered Dublin and Tipperary before losing the semi finals. So Cottle will obviously be hoping to avoid that. They're 
look, there's no doubt about it. When you're over a team like Galway, when you're playing for a team like Galway, your goal every year is to win the All Ireland. There's no two ways about it. Quarterfinals, semi-finals don't matter. But you have to take every step on the process as it comes. And this could be a tricky one mm. for them, you know. Um, I suppose tactically, um, Galway tend to set up with a straight 15 on 15 and work it through the lines. They have a really, really strong defence there, like the Sarah Dervin, Heather Cooney, or the stalwarts of the defence. And they tend to play it through the lines. Um, Aoife O'Donoghue really pulls the strings for them in the middle. They look for a lot. I personally love the idea of converting a corner forward to midfield because if you can operate in corner forward with a corner back dragging out you in tight space and trying to rely on ball in, you go out into the wide open space in the middle of the field, your skill set that you have is just perfect. Um, you know, Keane Lynch played his first couple of seasons of Limerick in corner forward as well and converted to midfield. And I just really like the idea of it. Obviously, she'd be hardly partnered with Neve Kilkenny, who's an experienced uh, warrior there. Um, and up front, look, they just have serious, serious talent. The pick of them being Ailish O'Reilly, who I think is just a phenomenal player. Um, that said, we talked about Galway's defence mm. there. Waterford have been absolutely electric up front this year. Um, That's going to be some battle, scores. isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be great, you know. Like, I often have people telling me that UL are one player team, Beck Carton, Waterford are one player team, Beck Carton. You can mark her, you can mark her, you can mark her. Every manager I've ever come across thinks they have a plan for Bet Carton. And Mike Carson <laughs> has a great quote. He says, everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. I tell you, Bet Carton will punch in the face because you give her half a yard and she has gone left and right, over the bar, goals, whatever. But the difference this year for Waterford is they have Neve Rocket on fire outside her and they have Annie Fitzgerald, who's the biggest up-and-coming star in Camogie, outside her as well. And they have a lethal forward line. And they're not short of experience either, you know. Like they have Shona Kern sitting there in the heart of the fence who's been around for a long time big physical player Trish Jackman in the heart of the fence big physical player um, you know, they have Iona Heflin there who's been playing full back for WIT in the Ashburn season campaigner they have an excellent keeper in Brianna O'Regan the WIT goalie as well do you know what like they have the talent like they're, they're well poised to be the team that breaks into that top four we've always talked about it who's it going to be if Ferreri have the talent Warford have the talent can they put the consistency there? I really fancy them. The advantage Galway maybe have is their bench. Like, Kira Murphy starred in midfield for UL in the Ashburn this year. She's only been coming on as a sub in games at times. She didn't start the first game. Started against Offaly, kind of on and off the team. Like, she'd be a starter on every other team in the country, you know. Uh, Maria Cooney coming on as a sub. This kind of thing. Real star quality on the bench. And maybe that's what might get Galway over the line. I fancy Waterford to stay with him for a long, long time. I think Galway's, um, Galway's uh, decked off the bench might do it for them. Tactically, it'll be interesting to see what Waterford do. Teams often set up defensively against Galway because they're afraid of their attacking threat. That's a huge mistake. I really hope Donald mm. doesn't do that because if you leave the likes of Sarah Dervin or Heather Cooney or these free, which Galway will definitely do if they're left with the spare defender, like Galway are the best team in the country going through the lines. You know they'll find Eva Donahue, they'll find Eva Kinney. They'll find Ailish O'Reilly and they'll just pick you off from distance. I think Walford's best chance is to go 15 on 15. As I said about Mike Tyson, just punch him in the mouth and see what happens. <laughs> you know? Just see, just go for it. I really hope they go for it. Um, I think he's most likely to do that. If they do go with a sweeper, they had the most natural sweeper in the game there, Fiona Marcy. I had her in Mary Eye for two years. I always played her as a sweeper. Uh, even though I've been on podcast there lately saying uh, the sweeper is dead and I don't believe it and all this don't believe everything you hear 
I've used it plenty of times. Or don't believe that news say, is that it? Pretty much, well, yeah, pretty much. Um, but if they do go with the sweeper, I wouldn't be surprised if they name Fiona Morrissey in the forwards and maybe go with the sweeper there. But I think they're most likely to have a cut. Galway coming in cold, Galway in the back of six games. It's going to be a cracker, I think. Um, look, you'd still have to go with Galway. Like, mm. All the logic is pointing towards them. You know? If Waterford beat Galway in this game, it will be the biggest shock in Camogie history. And that's not an understatement. That is a fact. You'd have to go with Galway to win it. Uh, but I just, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a phenomenal day. There's no better pitch in the country for a good game than Turles. I hope there'll be a big crowd at it. I just can't wait for it. It's going to be just top class. Can't wait for it. So Psychic Sully predicts drumroll after uh, much deliberation and um, I tell you great analysing Tipperary and Galway to come through. Tip and Galway. And just a little thing before we go. Really interesting fact. Uh, obviously I'm the UL manager in the Camogie so I'm a bit biased but we actually have 22 players involved on Saturday. Uh, which I think is just phenomenal. We're all really proud of them, and just want to wish them all the best to look across all the teams. Um, and you're like a father; you've no favourite child. <laughs> no, I've no favourite child. We've twenty playing, uh, twenty of our players playing, and Neve, Ryan, and Carter Van are selectors with us, and they're playing as well. And Sheila Moynan, who's involved with me, is involved with Limerick as well. So we've twenty-three bodies and all involved on Saturday. So look, we're all just from Ronan asked you to send the message to so from Ronan Keane and all the lads in the ULGA. We're just so, so proud of them all. We've been watching them all summer. Um, and look, we're going to have a good few of them uh, in the semi-final and hopefully in the final as well, regardless of the results. So just to wish them all the best of luck. We're really looking forward to seeing them in action on Saturday. Well, that's it. Um, and we look forward to talking about um, those games and then obviously the other quarterfinals. Listen, Sully, thanks so much for this evening. Go out and enjoy Greg's victory. The homecoming is in the Gaelic Crowns tomorrow night, so we'll be all out to see Greg bringing the Love Island trophy home, you know. Well, you all have fake tan on you now, you know, it's going to play many years. Step too far now, I don't think anyone wants to, wants to be thinking of that now, so. Well, listen, Sully, thanks so much again, and we will chat to you again. So until next time, Slonga Fall. Thank you.